Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WPHD, WPHD, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now, on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. The White House announces $3 billion, with a B, $3 billion for green projects overseas, including nearly $500 million for gender equity. Yes, welcome back to the show. Glad you're here today. 855-839-1210. On Twitter, at Rich Zioli, our fourth and final hour on the show today thank you for being here uh hat tip to Kristen styles on twitter she had a great tweet she said rich is there an app that i could use to scan the items as i shoplift and it will tell me when i reach my max (laughs) uh excellent point Kristen. i don't know if there's an app for that but it's the old saying you know there's an app for that if not let's create it get really really rich Uh, At the climate change conference, COP28 in Dubai, the White House vowed to spend $3 billion to help its international partners mobilize finance at the pace and scale required. Vice President Kamala Harris officially announced the move during her remarks at the COP28 conference, where she also laid the groundwork for a series of new historic actions across every sector of the economy, including energy, supply, transportation and buildings, all while advancing environmental justice and promoting climate-resilient communities. Got that? Climate-resilient communities. Let me explain what climate-resilient communities are to you. What that means is that these are communities who will not be able to have the modern life that you and I enjoy so well. You know, things like air conditioning and being able to have their food refrigerated and having access to great life-saving medicine and everything else. The, 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 um, Climate resilient communities are basically like this. You're poor and you're going to stay that way. Okay. Because what the change between poor poverty to having things and enjoying a quality of life is entirely, entirely dependent upon energy. You need it. You can't, you can't have progress without it. Not the, the left's version of progress. I mean, actual progress. You can't progress away from poverty unless you have energy you you you, you can't you, you can't progress away from low birth rates uh early early childhood deaths and and uh lower life expectancy rates all those things require energy they do and energy has been the single greatest contributing factor to 
the uh, reason why people have a longer lifespan and a better quality of life. And if you don't allow that to happen in places around the world, because we in the West and also in places like Davos, the World Economic Forum, the WEF have decided that these people don't have the right to have these things because of climate change. Well, then you're just sentencing them to a life of poverty. But they don't care because it's the greater good. That's always how the left is. If you read history, whether it's it, whatever it is, whatever cultural revolution, it's for the greater good. Whatever casualties and sacrifices are there, psh, ah, screw them. Greater good. That's it. You know, justify it that way and you know, maximize the happiness of the masses. And if you lose some people on the side, psh, what are you going to do? That's what they really think. Because you're not an individual in that system. You are just part of a group. The U.S. is committed to expanding international climate finance. I am proud to announce a new $3 billion pledge to the Green Climate Fund to help developing countries access capital to invest in resilience, clean energy, and nature-based solutions. Nature-based solutions. That's another... I, I tell you all the time how the left just loves to add words to things to make them longer and sound smart. They do this all the time. They just add words to things. Nature-based solutions means solar panels. It means uh, wind turbines. It means all those things. That's all nature-based. That's their new way of saying it. Nature-based. They always come up with these with these friggin' phrases that drive me crazy. They really do. You just say what you mean, please, and stop hiding behind lots of words. I learned early on when you're writing or you're speaking to use simple language and to say to try to communicate by using the least number of words possible good communicators use the least number of words possible they don't go on with these these long elaborate explanations for things the left you can never have a conversation with a lefty where they don't go on adding five six words to something and you go what the hell does that even mean but it doesn't mean anything that's the thing it's meant to just make your head spin very deep in the white house fact sheet are commitments to advancing gender equity amid climate change which includes an additional $449 million for new programs such as Global Girls Creating Change. How come they're girls and how do we know if they're girls? How do we even define a girl? I'm just saying, sounds very sexist to me and also very anti-trans. Global Girls Creating Change, a program that seeks to give 900 girls and young women in 29 different countries professional opportunities in the sustainable economy. What the hell does that mean? The sustainable economy. What that means is that the government has decided, of course, to destroy fossil fuels. So that means that things like gas powered cars and stoves, all that is out. And to be part of the sustainable economy, it has to be all electric. And we're all supposed to pretend like that electric grid is powered by hamsters and not by the very things that the left wants to ban, like oil and natural gas and coal and things like that. The White House said the Rockefeller Foundation, the Rockefeller Foundation, I feel like I've heard of them before. They always seem to come up when it's these big, vast international plots, don't they? The Rockefeller Foundation. The Rockefeller Foundation will be committing $25 million to the Co-Impact Gender Fund, seeking to advance gender equity amid climate change. What the hell does that mean? I don't even know what that means to advance gender equity amid climate change. I, I mean, is climate change causing people to not be equal based on their gender? Is, is that something that's happening where like the sun shines on men a different way 
and that the uh, the the rising seas will just drown women, I guess. Is that is the left arguing that now or is it just the polar bears that aren't dying? They're just women, polar bears, female polar bears. They're the ones dying, even though polar bears, the numbers have never been higher. And they're mean. They're mean creatures, polar bears, by the way. But regardless of the fact, they're not dying. They're not even close to dying. There's a, their population is growing rapidly. But I'm just trying to understand what gender equity amid climate change means. I'm just, I just want to understand. Like, because, I mean, women are usually always cold. At least in my house, my wife's always cold. So does that mean that they're warm up and they can finally stop complaining about how cold it is all the time? Just kidding. I don't, I, let me re- dump that. Just uh, dump that for me for... <laughs> Hit the old dump button. No, but you know this. I mean, women are always cold. They're always constantly. uh, We can't go to the movies without my wife needing a sweater. House is always too cold. So is that going to change things? Because if that is the case, then then climate change, I'm all in. It's a positive right there. Global warming, yes, great. I'm going down a dark road here. Just dump the whole segment. Just dump it and don't (laughs) podcast this and just move on. We can start over. Start over. I'll go back to my crying over Doug Burgum. Uh, The UPS Foundation is also committing $3 million to the Climate Gender Equity Fund to foster a greener world and create economic opportunities for women. The White House's fact sheet on the initiative credited the Inflation Reduction Act and the Bipartisan Infrastructure Law, which were passed by Congress and signed by Joe Biden over the past two years. Did you know that? All these billions of dollars of your money were going overseas for all this nonsense. Did you know this? Probably not, right? Who knows if anybody in Congress knew this either. They don't actually read the bills. I'm sure the people that voted against it knew that. But I wonder about all the people that that voted for it because of the the cool-sounding name. You know, because you can't have a massive spending bill without a cool-sounding name like the Inflation Reduction Act. Sounds awesome. Does nothing about inflation and is a complete climate scam. But, hey. Got a good, good sounded name. Biden, of course, rejoined the Paris Climate Agreement a few months after former President Donald Trump withdrew the United States from it in 2020. The Paris Climate Agreement emphasizes gender equality and international equity in its preamble, stating, quote, parties should, when taking action to address climate change, respect, promote and consider their respective obligations on human rights, the right to health the rights of indigenous peoples, local communities, migrants, children, persons with disabilities, and people in vulnerable situations, and the right to development as well as gender equality, empowerment of women, and intergenerational equity. I'm sure they left out a whole bunch of different marginalized groups there. That's the other problem, too. It's like what I talked about with Dr. Wilford Riley. I mean, you sure you're not leaving anybody out there? I I don't know if I heard enough about LGBT, B T plus plus I A every letter of the alphabet. I don't know where they are. They just assumed to be part of this. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know. It's hard to say. But the impact of climate change on the L G B T Q I A plus plus every letter of the alphabet group has been uh, uh, enormous. I mean, the sh- the sun shines on L G B T Q I plus plus A A B C D E F G much differently than on straight people. Everybody knows that, obviously. The U.N. also focuses on gender and its climate policy, claiming gender is a relevant point of analysis for developing and implementing climate policy and uh, action. The U.N. also states that gender is socially constructed and that a gender responsive approach to climate policy is critical to understanding vulnerability and to effectively adapt to 
and mitigate the impacts of climate change. Again, none of that means anything. These are literally words that have no meaning. And when you put them together, it doesn't give them any meaning. But this is leftism. This is left speak. You just take a bunch of words, you put them all together, and you make it sound really smart. Critical to understanding vulnerability and effectively adapt to and mitigate the impacts of climate change with a gender responsive approach to a socially constructed issue. A relevant point of analysis for developing and implementing climate policy in action. Blah, 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 blah. Here's where we are. And your money, again, going overseas to pay for this crap. <laughs> I just, I, it's such a scam. I told you last week, I, I love Dubai. They're my new favorite country. They ran the biggest scam of all, the biggest scam in the whole world, which is they turned around and they said, we'll host your little climate change party. And we are, as we speak, we are drilling baby drill, drill baby drill, building new islands to drill, building new islands to drill. Amazing. Where does all this come from anyway? Where does all this come from? Who Who's behind all this? Well, very, very rich people who are going to get very, very rich off of all of this. That's what's happening. John Kerry, John Kerry, I imagine on his way to COP28 and his private jet and his horse face and his private motor cars and everything else. John Kerry says no more coal. I love this, too, because these guys say these things. They make these big grand pronouncements. And of course, China is the world's biggest polluter. They burn very dirty coal and we pretend like that's not happening uh, because we can't tell China anything because obviously Joe Biden is, well, he works for them. He's a, he's an employee. He's ba- I mean, I, I presume Joe Biden gets to go to Disneyland for free because he's a wholly earned subsidiary of China. John Kerry says no coal plants should be permitted anywhere in the world. During a speech at the uh, 2023 United Nations Climate Change Conference, Kerry said he's becoming more and more militant about climate policy because people are avoiding responsibility. Militant. That's a nice word. That makes me happy. Militant. We don't need that necessarily to tell us we ought to be transitioning out of coal. There shouldn't be any more coal power plants permitted anywhere in the world. That's how you can do something for health. And the reality is that we're not doing it. I could play this for you, but it's already been a depressing enough day with the revelation that Doug Burgum is no longer running for president. So I'm not going to double down on your unhappiness today. I'm having a terrible Monday now that the news has reached me that Doug Burgum is out. I'm not going to make my own day worse. Kerry spoke at the conference during the first ever dedicated health day, which intended to highlight the connections between the climate crisis and the health crisis. The climate crisis and health crisis are one and the same. Huh? How exactly? Well, because... And he's working to break new ground on China battling uh, climate change. Dr. Victoria Coates, who comes on the show once a week, who's brilliant, She made a great point. I always want to give her credit for this point. She said, you know, the thing about it is that China is helping Iran. You know, China buys Iran's oil. China is helping Russia. China is encroaching on the South China Sea. China is making plans to invade Taiwan. China is beefing up its Navy. And China is not our friend. But we will never call them out for this. A, because Joe Biden is a wholly owned subsidiary of China. That's my point. And B, Dr. Victoria Coates' point is, What's more important to the United States of America is not any of those things that I just said. It's not getting to the bottom of the Wuhan Institute of Virology. It's not figuring out the next pandemic or figuring out why you have 
all of these undocumented Chinese migrants who keep showing up at the southern border. No, it is to get China on board with combating climate change. That is uh, numero uno, job numero uno. That's what it is. His, his, uh, his trip was largely unsuccessful, and he said, quote, we are going to need a little more work to break new ground with China on combating climate change. Because China doesn't give a damn, and they're going to continue to pollute, and China is going to continue to burn coal that's much dirtier than our coal. And we keep empowering them because Joe Biden's a wholly owned subsidiary of China, obviously. And we will not tell China a damn thing as it comes to them helping the people that we are supposedly. Like we're fight, we're spending all this money in Ukraine because Joe Biden's also bribed by Ukraine. And it's also in the process helping Russia because Russia is selling its liquid natural gas to places like France and Sweden and Spain. So Putin's getting rich off this war and Zelensky's getting rich off this war. But both Russia and Ukraine have bribed the Bidens. So, you know, the House always wins, as they say. But we're I mean, we're spending all this money in this fake war in Ukraine and China is helping Russia. And we don't say a damn word about it because we'd rather have China help us with climate change than to help us with the war in Ukraine. So that should tell you everything you need to know right there about a our policy in Ukraine and this Fugazi war and B uh, how the United States can't say anything to China, because obviously our president is a wholly owned subsidiary of China. Right. And in the midst of all this, all right, fine, I'll play you horse face, John Kerry. Fine. You know what? My day has gone to hell in a handbasket anyway, Matt DeSantis. So I want you to share in my pain. So here his horse faceness, John Kerry, who, as Rush used to say, served in Vietnam. Cut number eight. The fact is that there's a new study by George Mason and by the Chan School at Harvard, which underscores that... Um, Coal is, in fact, doubles the number of deaths over the other sources of air-carried pollution. And coal is about uh, PM 2.5. When you measure the PM 2.5, it's double uh, for coal. Now, we don't need that necessarily to tell us we ought to be transitioning out of coal. There shouldn't be any more coal-fired power plants permitted anywhere in the world. That's how you can do something for health. Oh. And the reality is that we're not doing it. So, um, you know, the measure here is is really uh, sounding the alarm bell. I find myself getting more Oh, you more haven't done that? It's so I funny because every time I hear... These climate change fanatics speak. They're always sounding the alarm bell. We're all supposed to be dead by now. And I kind of wish we were because then we wouldn't have to listen to him. 855-839-1210. Well, shouldn't we have been drowned by now or at least been mauled to death by a polar bear? Fleeing the ice? Seeking refuge? <laughs> I mean, by now, we should be underwater and getting ripped to death by polar bears. Yeah, I would have thought we'd at least lose the coastal states by now. Yeah, by now. I mean, I, I, this, I should have a shore house by now. <laughs> Just simply because of the flooding. Yeah. It should have reached Burlington County by now, and I should have an oceanfront home. Remember earlier this year, Greta Thunberg had to delete a tweet where she declared there'd be, like, climate catastrophes by 2023? Right. That was five years ago, and obviously it didn't occur. Uh, so she had to remove the post. It's always awkward when that happens. It's always awkward when you have to change the timeline. You know what I mean? You get the Infinity Stone out, and you got to move it around, and it's awkward. 
I want. I thought by now I'd have an oceanfront house and a pet polar bear on a leash that I'd call Jimmy, and I would feed him fish, and he'd be the last polar bear left. The last polar bear, and I'd have him. He'd be mine. <laughs> Kids, feed Jimmy. And like Reagan can throw a fish at him, you know? It's the last polar bear. All the others died of climate change, and I got him. And he's, then they're nasty, too, so people walk by and be like, oh, polar bear. Ah, whoa. Easy, boy. You got to mate him? Can't. No more polar bears. The last one. It's the last polar bear right here. We sit here and we watch the rising seas together as the water gets higher and higher in my house. So my oceanfront house, by the end of the day, I will just simply have a roof. A roof deck on the ocean. In the ocean. It'd be like a, like a, like a boat, you know? like a catamaran <laughs> you're gonna end up like noah's ark on a boat with the last of an uh, of an animal yeah species. just me and my polar bear yeah. just cruising around the earth except unlike noah you only brought one you're i only brought one two. yeah so me and jimmy just look at each other on the boat going well we're screwed <laughs> neither one of us ought to reproduce huh yeah damn shame yeah, i can't think of everything right want a sandwich uh, 855-839-1210 on twitter at rich zioli listen the great people at cherry hill vavo would love to see you they're already leading the way with incredibly aggressive pricing on all their Volvos. I mean, they, they are making it the best time ever to buy a Volvo. And on top of these already aggressive promotions that they have at Cherry Hill Volvo, they're adding on top. Because they're doing a big renovation of the dealership. And I'm really excited for them because there's a lot of great things happening over there. They're at the beginning of an exciting renovation. And that means that they need to make room for the construction equipment. So this month, Take their already generous offers, already aggressive financing, and add these incredible offers. An additional $1,000 off all new Volvos plus owner loyalty. And $2,000 off when you're financing or leasing through Volvo cars. Plus a $7,500 lease rebate on all plug-in Volvos. The dedicated professionals at Cherry Hill Volvo pride themselves on always delivering the luxury experience that you deserve. And they'll certainly continue to do that throughout the remodeling of their dealership. That's why I chose and continue to choose Cherry Hill Volvo. I love my Volvo, and you will too. Now, we'll be going down to the Grand Hotel of Cape May, like I said, December 15th, and we'll be taking the XC90. We'll get there nice and safe and sound. We'll go up to visit, we'll go up to visit Bridget's family in New York State, upstate New York, right after Christmas. And, you know, it gets snowy up there in the Adirondacks. But I know we'll be in good hands because the Volvo XC90 is a beautiful and safe, luxurious family car. No matter what you want to go with, if you want to go with new or previously enjoyed Volvos, if you want to do the Care by Volvo lease program like I do, where every five months you get a new Volvo, and your one payment includes insurance, your car insurance, prepaid scheduled maintenance, tire and wheel care, 15,000 miles annually and more, make sure you do it at Cherry Hill Volvo because they stand with us. And every day we broadcast live from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios. So what are you waiting for? Reach out to them today. Go see them. They're right on Route 70 in Cherry Hill, the area's most accessible Volvo dealership and the only Volvo dealership that stands with Talk Radio 1210 WPHD as our studio sponsor. Cherry Hill Volvo is where relationships matter. 
Cherry Hill, Volvo. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. The Zioli Show on your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. Okay, it is a big fourth and final hour here. We got a lot going on. And as you can imagine, whenever we have these busy, busy days today, uh, we always like to make sure we cover all the big news. So I wanted to share a couple things with you, first of all. With regards to um, this Kamala Harris and what she said raised a lot of eyebrows on Saturday that in order to bring about a peaceful end to the war between Israel and Hamas, a war that began when Hamas terrorists attacked Israeli civilians, killing more than 1,200 of them, the United States should help to revitalize the Palestinian Authority. She made the comments during a recent trip to Dubai and claimed that the Palestinian Authority, well, take a listen, cut number 10. Well, as I said that we have to revitalize the Palestinian Authority, which means giving the support that is necessary for good governance, um, understanding that on the issues that must be resolved as we think of a plan for the day after, it is about good governance, which will bring transparency and accountability to the people of Gaza and the West Bank. Um, it's also about what we need to do to recognize there must be some plan for security for the region, and I suspect it, as, a, as a plan develops, it will take into account interim and then longer term. And finally, what we must do in terms of rebuilding uh, Gaza and a commitment to that. Okay. So <clears throat> there you go. Um, we have to revitalize the Palestinian Authority. I told you that the hatred, the anti-Semitism of the left is just, it's palpable. You can't get away from it. I mean, it's there. Um, Representative Pramila J. Powell, another hideous person. She asked for balanced criticism in response to the question on the rapes that are committed by Hamas. You know, very few people on the left want to discuss this, bring this up, talk about this in any way, shape, or form. Uh, cut number nine. I want to ask you about uh, sexual violence and the... It's kind of remarkable that this issue hasn't gotten enough attention uh, globally. Widespread use of rape, uh, brutal rape, sexual violence against Israeli women by Hamas. Um, I've seen a lot of progressive women, generally speaking, they're quick to defend women's rights and speak out against using rape as a, as a weapon of war, but downright silent on what we saw on October 7th and what might be happening 
inside Gaza right now to these hostages. Why is that? I, I mean, I don't, I don't know that that's true. I think we, we always talk about the impact of war on women in particular. In fact, I remember 20 years ago I did a petition around the war in Iraq. Have you said, saying have that, you talked about it since oh, October absolutely. 7th? And I've condemned what Hamas has done. I've condemned Specifically all of women. the actions. Absolutely. The, the rape, the, of course. But I think we have to remember that Israel is a democracy. That is why they are a strong ally of ours. And if they do not comply with international humanitarian law, they are bringing themselves to a place that makes it much more difficult strategically for them yeah. to be able to build the kinds oh, of allies enough. to keep uh, Shut up. Opinion. This is, again, this is the same Barack Obama thing, too. You know, both sides have blood on their hands. But Israel was attacked by Hamas. 1,200 people died. And, and, and this, is, this is the game that these people play. You know, well, Israel's really, I mean, they had it coming in. They're, they're the bad guy. And what crimes against humanity? I mean, this is, this is the hatred that you hear from these people. Um, <clears throat> so Ron DeSantis, Governor Ron DeSantis, was, uh, he has not dropped out. Doug Burgum has dropped out. I know that some people might, might, oh, I'm sorry, what was that, Matt? You said, uh, oh, Dana Bash destroys yeah, her at the end. Oh, the keep end. going with yeah. it? Okay. Anyway, it's like, there's only so much Pramila J. Powell I can take, but it's, it's been a tough Monday. To but All right. And frankly, uh, morally, I think we cannot say that one war crime deserves another. That is not what international humanitarian with, with, law says. Okay, with, with respect, I was just asking about the, the women, and you turned it back to Israel. I'm asking you about Hamas, in fact. I already answered your question, Dana. I, I said it's horrific, and okay. I think that rape is horrific, sexual assault is horrific. I think that it happens in war situations. Terrorist organizations like Hamas obviously are using these as tools. Mm -hmm. However, I think we have to be balanced about bringing in the outrages against Palestinians. Yeah. 15,000 Palestinians have been killed in Israeli airstrikes, three-quarters of whom and it's, are women and children. And it's horrible, but you're, you don't see Israeli soldiers raping um, Well, Dana, I think women. we're not... Yeah, you don't. <clears throat> you don't see Israeli soldiers raping Palestinian women. You, you don't. You don't. And good for her for pushing back on Pramila J. Powell. I, I mean, you know, good, but unfortunately... This is the Democrat Party today. You know, speeches by Chuck Schumer aside, this is who we're talking about here. This is why you have Kamala Harris saying she wants to revitalize the Palestinian Authority as a terrorist organization. That's what they are, a terrorist organization, the PLO. <clears throat> so, Governor uh, Doug Burgum dropped out of the race today. It was a sad day for everybody. Tough Monday, very, very tough Monday. I am trying to get through. Um, trying. It's been a very tough day. But Governor Ron DeSantis is still in the race as of right now. The question that NBC's Kristen Welker asked, as you see, uh, Paul Ryan came out and backed Nikki Haley, saying that it's time now for the party to get behind Nikki Haley. The establishment is doing its thing, and they are all backing Nikki Haley now. They have moved on from Ron DeSantis. They've moved on. His uh, debate performance the other night, notwithstanding, the establishment, the Republican people, the people that run the party, the, the, the money people, the masters of the universe, they have decided that Nikki Haley now is their new favorite. They want Ron gone. They don't know how to do it, but they want him out. They want it to be a one-person race. This is NBC's Kristen Welker asking Ron DeSantis a very important question. Now, I just want to preface this by saying the following, and that is that when Governor Ron DeSantis got in this race, I told you that I was not going to be getting in the middle of this fight between him and Trump. Because it's a long way to go, and I don't even know if he'll still be in the race by New Hampshire or Iowa. I said that. 
I don't know if he'll be able to raise the money. I don't know if he'll be able to translate the star that he has in Florida to the national level. It's a different game. It's, I mean, no disrespect to the guy. He's very talented. And he's, I think he's got a bright political future and he's the best governor in the country. But, it's, it's, it, but to translate that on a national stage, we've seen that before. And it doesn't always work, particularly when the guy you're running against is named Donald Trump. Just reality. Just reality. It's not, I know that, you know, the DeSantis people get mad at me for that, but I'm just I, I, I'm telling you, I call it like I see it. You know, I call it like I see it. And that's how it is. But I think that you're hearing more and more questions about this now, about well, when when does the end come here for DeSantis? How much longer? Because now that the party has decided that it, he can't do it and they, they're backing Nikki Haley, it kind of is out of his control at this point. You know, it sort of becomes something that is out of his control. If the masters of the universe have decided that they have to circle their wagons around her and push her up. Cut number 12. So, Governor, I have to ask you, are you committed to staying in this race through the Iowa caucuses? Well, I'll tell you what, doing all 99 counties is a tradition here. It's something that Governor Reynolds advised that I do. And it's it's a way to, one, show that you're earning people's support. Uh, two, it's a way to hear from real people uh, outside of kind of the media bubble about what's important to them. And then I think, three, it reminds you that at the end of the day, uh, you're a servant. You're not a ruler. And we really believe in servant leadership. So we went everywhere. We showed up. We took questions. And we've been able to build a really incredible organization. We've got over 30,000 people that already committed to caucus for us. We're adding more every day. Of course, we have the endorsement by the great governor here, Kim Reynolds, and, of course, by uh, Bob Vanderplatz, most recently from the family leader. So I don't think anyone's ever done an Iowa caucus uh, with this amount of institutional and grassroots support, and it's only going to build for here, and we look forward to being victorious on January 15th. So just to be clear, you are committed to staying in the race through the caucuses? Of course I am. I mean, it's absurd that I wouldn't be. Uh, if you look at past Iowa caucus winners and compare to what, you know, people were saying in November with this poll or that poll, it almost never comes out uh, the same way. Bottom line, is Iowa do or die for you, Governor? We're going to win Iowa. Uh, I think it's going to help propel us to the nomination, but I think we'll have a lot of work that we'll have to do beyond that. I don't think you take anything for granted. Uh, he's not, he's not going to win Iowa. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm telling you right now, he's not, he's not going to win Iowa. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the polls in Iowa right now. And, um, <clears throat> it's not, it's not good for him. If you look at the real clear average, the real clear politics average of polls right now for Iowa, um, it's, he's not, he's, I mean, he's not, he's not going to win Iowa. You know what I mean? So, um, <clears throat> Trump's at 61% in the, in, in the polls. And DeSantis is at nine. Haley's at 10. Christie's at one. Asshat Hutchins, Hutchins. Did I say that correctly? Uh, Hutchinson. Uh, thank you. Asshat Hutchinson is at 1%. And now Doug Burgum. Doug, you left us, man. You left. You left us, Doug. You left us. <clears throat> and I barely knew you, Doug Burgum. Barely knew you. And Chris Christie's at one percent. So, um, <clears throat> I, I mean, at some point you have to turn around and you have you ha- you have to say, uh, you you when do you get out? And then the thing about it is, and again, this is this is not me saying this. This is what the Republican establishment is saying to Ron DeSantis, which is that there's a window here that's closing for you, 
And we are now decided that it's got to be Nikki Haley. And that time is coming up here to a, to an end. Everybody has their time to go. And typically you go until the money, but the problem is that um, the support is just, it's, it's just leaving him now for her. And I have nothing to do with that. I, I believe me, I, I'd much rather have Ron DeSantis as president than Nikki Haley. I do not want Nikki Haley as president. But I also can see these numbers. Trump's lead is just insurmountable, period. It's just insurmountable. It's nothing, something cataclysmic would have to happen. And I think these guys are staying in, hoping that it happens by the time Iowa comes around. But, you know, reality is it's not, it's not going to be by that. If anything happens that would really derail Trump's chances, that, that's going to be down the road. Well past all this. You know what I mean? And I don't think it, that thing's going to come anyway, because I don't think it matters if he's convicted of something. I don't think it matters if he's in jail. I don't think it matters. I think his support is just steadfast, and I don't think voters care. I think voters have are viewing this as what it is, as a political prosecution. So anyway, um, look, when it comes to Christmas, I'm a big fan of giving people gifts that they will never return. You know what I mean? Sometimes you give people a gift. There's an old joke a comedian said years ago. He said, uh, like somebody gave him a sweater and it didn't fit. They said, well, you can always just return it for a different size. And he said, I'll probably just throw it out. I don't need an errand. Forget the comedian. I think it was um, the same guy, who did, Jim Gaffigan, I think is who it was, who did the Hot Pockets bit, which is great. But anyway, I don't want to give you an errand to run. I want to give you something you're going to love. And that's why I send Omaha Steaks because Omaha Steaks is the gift that everyone appreciates and loves. And there's so many choices with Omaha Steaks from Tender, juicy, bacon-wrapped filet mignons, easy-to-prepare comfort meals, lobster tails, mouth-watering gourmet burgers. Uh, it's, it's all there. Pork chops. Oh, delicious pork chops. Omaha Steaks is a gift from the heart, and every steak is aged 28 days. That's what makes Omaha Steaks different. Omaha Steaks age are aged a minimum of 28 days, so you get the absolute best flavor. Those low-energy grocery store steaks you're getting are probably not aged 28 days, and that's the difference. Omaha Steaks is the world's best beef, naturally aged for the ultimate in tenderness, juiciness, and flavor. This holiday season, skip the guesswork and give the guaranteed perfection of Omaha Steaks. You can save 50% off site-wide, and here's the best part. Get an extra $30 off your order when you use my name, Zeoli, at checkout. Z-E-O-L-I. Do that at checkout. They'll know I sent you. That's number one. It's very important to give the show credit. And also, you'll get the extra $30 off as well. So think about everybody on your, li- your list from your boss, coworkers, family, friends. Everybody loves great food. Everybody loves the delicious food from Omaha Steaks. The best guarantee in the business. And five generations of American food here, baby. Five generations. In fact, I just talked to Todd Simon, the CEO of Omaha Steaks. He's the fifth generation CEO. So it's been a family company right in America's heartland this entire time. America's oldest butcher. Omaha Steaks, the gift from the heart. Just go to omahasteaks.com right now. 50% off site wide and get the extra $30 off at checkout when you use my name, Zioli. Thanks for listening to the Zioli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. This Monday could not have gotten any worse if I tried. With the breaking news that Doug Burgum is out of the race. Worst Monday ever, but at least it's over now. It's over. Tomorrow's a new day. Tomorrow is the first day of the rest of your life. I want you to remember that. You heard that from me. You know who said that? I said that. I mean, other people have said it too, but... 
Uh, Jackie Heinrich asked Corrine Jean-Pierre, the White House fembot slash press secretary, a few questions today. One of them was about, so the Democrats in Florida canceled their primary. I told you the Democrats do not want to have a primary. If they do replace Joe Biden, which is highly likely that they will, uh, it's not going to be an open thing. They're not going to risk Bernie Sanders getting in there or Robert F. Kennedy Jr. or anyone else. They will control the process and make sure that their handpicked person becomes the Democrat nominee. Period. That's how they do this. That's how the masters of the universe on their side of the aisle work. And so they canceled the primary. Jackie Heinrich asked a great question today of KJP. Take a listen. So does the Florida party then effectively canceling the Democratic primary also constitute voter suppression? I can't speak to that. Why not? You have to speak to the campaign or the DNC. Does the White House have any thoughts on, on I can't, those I can't, voters being... I, I can't speak to that. Is it because of the Hatch Act? Or? I just, this is, you're talking about 2024 election. You're talking about a primary. I'm just not going to speak to that from here. Okay. Okay. Just a second. I, I, I'm not going to talk. Of course it's voter suppression. You're denying Democrats the right to choose their nominee. How else do you describe it? It is the Democrat machine absolutely suppressing the choice of Democrat voters. Of course it is. Say it. Say it. They're the ones who actually use voter suppression tactics, not Republicans. Democrats do. That's exactly what that is. Uh, she was also asked about, you, I played the clip for you, Premier J. Powell, uh, who would really try to equate Hamas raping women with what Israel's doing. A vile, vile, disgusting person that she is. Vile person. And Dana Bash pushed back on her and said, but Israeli soldiers are not raping Palestinian women. Hamas is raping Israeli women. Uh, White House press secretary was asked about that today. Take a listen. And then can I get the White House's response to uh, Congresswoman Jayapal's comments over the weekend Uh, in her interview? She said sexual violence should be condemned, but that we have to be balanced in our condemnation. Was that an appropriate comment? So we've been... Very, very clear. Uh, you heard a little bit from, from Jake Sullivan about this. Um, I can only speak for, for the president. Uh, that's who I can speak for. And we've been clear. What uh, Hamas did is absolutely reprehensible and full stop. We're going to continue to be clear about that. And we think about, um, you know, rape and the use of rape as being used as a, as a weapon. Uh, that is also reprehensible. And that's full stop. And I'll just leave it there. And I'm speaking for the president of the United States. So I think they've been very clear on that. Any comment, though, I, I just Congresswoman Jai I just commented on it. I just laid out what we believe is unacceptable. Well, you know what? The, the, the problem here is that this is your party. Your party believes this. And the, the, this anti-Semitism problem does not exist in the ranks of the Republican Party. You know, for years we heard... All these lies told by the left that Donald Trump was an anti-Semite and he was going to be the next Hitler. Remember, remember all that stuff? This is the Democrat Party. This is who they are. And when people show you who they are, pay attention. When people show you who they are. Listen. Listen. Don't try to interpret it through a different lens. Don't listen to the spin. When people show you who they are. Pay attention. The Democrats right now are showing you who they are. And this is a problem in this party. This this anti-Semitic strain that is running through the Democrat Party right now, this anti-Israel strain is there in full display, but it's been there for a long time. There's a reason why Barack Obama was trying to help Iran and get a nuclear weapon. I'm not saying it was to destroy Israel, but what I'm saying is that because he believed that a country like Iran, which wants to destroy Israel, deserves a nuclear weapon and a seat at the table. 
because these people do not believe Israel should exist. And I'm not suggesting that he wanted them to nuke him. I'm just simply saying he wanted Iran to be in a position where they could be as strong as any other country in the world right there next to Israel. And Joe Biden has gone along with that because Barack Obama pulls his strings. Have a great rest of your night tonight. The great one, Mark Levin, is up next. Back with you tomorrow from 3 until 7. In the meantime, keep the conversation going on X at Rich Zioli. And don't forget, December 15th, mark your calendar, our last broadcast of the year at the Grand Hotel of Cape May, New Jersey, Friday, December 15th. See you there. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 till 7. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.